Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 9th, 2018, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 59, paragraph 2, which is here are the steps we took reading through step 7, which is humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. And our focus study discussion today will be on 6 and 7 only today. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Kathy Jo P., the 12 Traditions, Ashley P., and reading the text today, uh, Marie J. and Sherry K.B. The share ID numbers for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting is 11391, 11,391, and that will be for Tuesday, May 8, 2018, 10 a.m. meeting. And then for the Share ID number for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting, that is 11393, 11,393. That's Wednesday, May 9, 2018, 7 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy Jo P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Kathy Jo P., a recovered compulsive overeater in Minneapolis. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Kathy Jo P. I will now ask Ashley P. to please read the Twelve Traditions. Hi, this is Ashley P. Recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Mm-hmm. Okay. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is what, but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or, or, or AA as a whole. Five, 
Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems with money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but, may, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks so much, Ashley P. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume the study of the big book on page 59 Paragraph 2, here are the steps we took, reading through step 7. Then we'll focus our comments of experience on step 6 and 7. And I'll ask Marie J. to begin this study by reading that passage. Good morning, Marie. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Can you hear me? I sure can. Great. Um, here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Sorry, this is Marie J. recovered in Colorado. One, we admitted we are powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. <clears throat> Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. So I love steps six and seven, and I've spent a lot of time working on them, even though uh, our book only devotes two paragraphs to them. Um, step six is about willingness, and step seven is about humility. So I have had willingness through the, through the program. It, willingness isn't as, as hard for me as humility. Um, I never had much humility, and that's because I never really saw my character defects as defects. I never thought about perfectionism and self-reliance and self-righteousness as defects. I saw them as strengths. You know, I have this strong and decisive personality, and I saw that as an asset. And, and sometimes... Um, they can be assets until they get in the way of other people's lives. I never saw them as control and judgment and entitlement. And when I got to step six, I had to really get clear on these character traits and how they were limiting my freedom and my happiness. So, you know, we do step four and five to identify our, uh, and share the truth about our selfishness and dishonesty and self-seeking and fear and then when we get to step six, I become willing to let go of these um, character liabilities. So I have this list of 12 character defects. I went through the whole list of big, you know, the big lists of all the possible character defects. And I've got my 12 go-to reactions when I'm triggered by something that, that's not going my way. 
they actually created a bookmark and laminated it. So I've got several copies of it stuck in places in my purse and up in my office. And when I'm fortunate enough to pause when agitated or doubtful, I can grab this list and say to myself, okay, what defect wants to be in play here? What liability is at risk here? Because I have an incredibly short memory. So I've got this, this handy for me. And for me, it always begins with self-righteousness and perfection. Someone isn't doing what I want or someone's doing it the wrong way and I'm right and they're wrong. But that's when I can stop. And that's the pause we talk about. Being willing to surrender and trust that everything is exactly as it's supposed to be. And then I can humbly ask God to change me. You know, humility's definition is a modest view of one's own importance. And I can have, I can have, ask God to have my beliefs changed and to be shown how to be of maximum service in that very situation as it comes up, as opposed to acting out to get my way. And these steps, especially six and seven, really change my life every day. You know, I have to dedicate time every day to working on all the steps. But I maintain my freedom by being able to continue to look at what character defects are, are operating in my life and humbly and being willing and humble enough to ask to be changed at depth. Thank you for letting me share. Pass. Thank you, Marie J. Our focus study today is on step six and step seven. You can read those on page 59 in your big book. Anyone else want to make a comment on those two steps? Gina R. Hi, Gina. Wendy M. Wendy. John K. John K. Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Thank you very much. I have Gina R., Wendy M., John K., and Kathleen O. Gina, you're up first, and then Wendy will come after you. Good morning. Great, great. Good morning, Mel, and good morning, everybody. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, living in Green Valley, Arizona. The word, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Um, I... Done, I've been through this rodeo a couple times um, in the mothership program, and I don't know what it was, but for some reason, um, instead of uh, taking an hour, as it suggests in the big book, to go and reflect, the pause button on my program in some cases turned out to be two years. I was like ended up being two years on step six and was told to go read um, another book about that step, which is an outside issue and just think about it. And um, while that is my experience and I'm here now and I'm very grateful for that, I can see how disastrous that kind of an approach is. How I understand this step now is if I have done the work thoroughly, one through five, that's what it means we're entirely ready i was entirely ready because of the work i had done in steps one through five to have god remove all these defects of character and then i was able to um, do the seventh step prayer which um, will be a few pages later which is simply my creator i am now willing that you should have all of me good and bad i pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. When I finally got that and I was not being clouded with the food that was keeping me anesthetized from thinking clearly, I was finally able to realize that for some reason I thought that God was going to get rid of my instincts like fear um, and things you know, security things, but that isn't how it works. And I love what Marie said. It's it's those um, character qualities. That's how we assert our control over these natural instincts. That's what starts getting removed. And now what I see is when I do uh, my own 10 steps or I'm taking a 10 step from somebody, when that stuff is coming up and we are 
highly charged and it's just right there in our face. I now see that as the answer to the seventh step prayer and I can do a fist bump in the air and go, yay, God, you are actually answering my or someone else's prayer by bringing this to the surface, giving me the alertness and the awareness to see it and the willingness to have something done about it. It's an ongoing process and I'm glad to be here doing it with you every day. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Gina R. Wendy M., you're next, and then John will come in after you. Hey, good morning, Wendy. Oh, hi, good morning, Wendy M. Can you hear me now, Mel? I sure can. Good morning to you. Okay, great. Good morning. Uh, grateful to be on the line. Thanks for your service. Um, so the, what I know about six and seven is that the only thing that's going to change is everything. That is the program for me. My experience six and seven are all about um, change. And um, I just want to read page twenty-seven. It says it, it describes the spiritual experience: huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding force of the lives of these men, are suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. And that, for me, has been my experience with steps with step six and seven. Um, you know, in the beginning, they talked about holding on to some choice defects, right? Like gossiping is such a delicious activity, especially with another person. It's fabulous. Um, until it stops serving me, right? So I'm going to still pick up gossip like I picked up potato chips until I'm ready to let them go. And it's got to feel crappy enough now that when I'm about to open my mouth and gossip to somebody, I end up not doing it. You know, there's a, because God has removed that from me, you know. But these, you know, they say like, you know, there's still some really enjoyable um, defects of character out there, Right. And my favorite is when I yell at God and say, help me remove my impatience now. I want it done now. And impatience is one of my lovely character defects, you know. And, um, and these defects were my tools. They were my lifeline, my instruction manual, right? So now they're not. And the good news is that these defects feel cruddy when I do them. The minute I am rude to a salesperson in a store, it takes me about, nine to 12 seconds to feel how horrible it is. What, you know, the way I spoke to them was horrible. I immediately clean that up. Right. So the idea here is that these defects are now starting to feel awful, just like as if I put some junk in my mouth, you know what I mean? It's the same thing. Um, but and, yeah. And the other thing is, um, so, so, so they're not working anymore, right? The defects are no longer working. And this is because God works in my life. But, you know, somebody said earlier this morning, they said, willingness is not a thought. In other words, we don't just say, I'm, you know, I'm willing to do these things. It's to do these things, right? It's an action. I take action every day that ensures my entire abstinence. I do a lot. I do a lot for my program. And the more I do, right, I'm willing to actually do the action, right, I get the freedom. I get to be useful. Thank you, God, I get to be useful um, today. And when I'm useful, I don't even have time to be doing my defects because I'm busy being useful. And when I'm not useful and I got a lot of time on my hands, the defects start cropping up, you know. But naming these defects is the freedom. Time. The minute I write on my piece of paper, I'm controlling, I'm in fear, I'm in run the show, I get the freedom immediately. I think that's my time. Thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you, Wendy M. John K., you're next, and then Kathleen will come after you. Hi, John. Hey, Melanie, good morning. This is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Los Angeles. Uh, like what everything, everybody said this morning, it's so true. Um, to me, it's the crux of the uh, change that's going to change things, and yet... It takes a while in program to really get how important these two are. I always joke, I said, I can prove it takes a while in program to realize how important they are. Just look at the big book. There's one paragraph each because those guys were reasonably new and didn't see. But it, like, like was said, this is where all of the, the change is going to happen because our disease will get back in through that. I think it was Leo who says the disease gets back in through your wounds. And it's 
but it's also for me it's it's coming in through the character defects because um my disease preys on that and i have to to do all of the work you know all of the places in the in the book and in the steps it really emphasizes complete you know complete surrender entirely willing you know entirely willing all of these defects and it's because it really has it has to be totally out because you never know you know these uh we got to clean the wound out totally or it's going to get back in i mean to me i look at i have so many uh you know of these again like other people said i don't like character defects it's it's got a the phrase it's got a certain pejorative sound but because these were defense mechanisms for me survival skills you know these are things i learned that weren't insane they were sane reactions in an insane world and so um the uh you know a perfect example is the yeah, my disease gets in through immaturity because i um i'm walking along outside by the way because i'm walking my dogs if you hear a garbage truck it's because it's going to come up behind me um you know my my disease wants to get in through like my immaturity. I want to eat the way I want to eat and and do this and that. I said to a sponsor one day I was quoting the pardon more about alcoholism paraphrased you know it's the great desire of every compulsive eater to someday eat like a normal person and and he laughed. He says no we don't want to eat like normal people. We want to eat the way we want to eat with none of the uh, bad effects, which is true and. But that's the immaturity. That's what my disease will try and get back in. And the other thing is, when I, I did a whole, a whole special edition about this, underneath all of these things, for the most part, if I keep scraping down on my character defects, they're all about fear. They're all about fear of something. Fear that, I, and, and number one, one for me was fear of not being good enough. Fear of not being enough. And so my way of combating that is to have all these weird ways to sort of compensate for that, you know, and, and to make myself feel like I'm good enough and as good as you and all those things. And and the more I work on that and the more I try and find some kind of a, a John that my higher power wanted me to be all along, the less the better I feel about it. And the more, the more I do character defect-wise, the better I feel about myself. And the better I feel about myself, the less chance I'm going to want to go do something deliberately self-destructive like going to eat. And I, you know, I'm just a better person because of all that. And, and that's why, to me, these are just the absolute crux when you drill down. Because as, uh, yeah, I'll wrap up with one of my favorite slogans in program is nothing changes if nothing changes. And the only thing, like when he said, the only thing you got to change is everything. And with that, I pass. Thanks, John Kay. Kathleen, oh, you're next, and then we'll open up for additional people to comment. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Oh, these have been really great shares. One of the things I've learned to do, and this is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California, and one of the things I've learned to do and practice is to listen to what other people are saying. It's really amazing what I can hear and learn from all of you. So thank you for everyone that gets on this line and shares because these are just really amazing shares. So in step six, I become willing to turn over my character defects. And in step seven, I ask God to take them away. And you know, there, Bill uses wrongs, defects, shortcomings, and when asked why he kept changing the wording, he said he was taught to, when he, he was taught when you keep using the same words over and over, it shows how dumb you are. So I find that, you know, cities so really all mean the same things. And in, in step six, I had to ask myself, am I ready to have God remove these? And yes, I took step six and humbly asked God, step seven. And these really are the shortest descriptions in the big book. But Bill, uh, not Bill, Joe and Charlie said there's a paradox here because he said the paradox is, you know, have you ever called your sponsor just to listen? And the paradox in, in 
in step six and seven is they're the shortest in here, but they're really the biggest because acceptance with acceptance, you know, that comes after action. And the whole idea here is to change how we think, feel, and behave. And, and that our problem will be solved. So when I look at my defects of character, they served me well. I, I felt like, you know, that's how I took care of myself, being dishonest, being selfish, thinking of myself first. You know, if I could take care of myself, who's going to take care of me? But I had to ask myself, do I really want to sit and wallow in misery and pity? Because that's my option. So I, I ask God to remove them. I, you know, I, I humbly ask for, for God's help. But if I don't take the action of practicing them, because God's going to do for me what I can't do for myself, but God will not do for me what I can do for myself. So if I'm impatient, I need to practice patience. If I'm selfish, I need to practice selflessness, being unselfish. And the more I, I, what I notice is the more I practice these, people like being around me more than they used to. And I like being in my own skin better than I used to. So this is, there's, oh, there's, it's just, it's so amazing and miraculous, um, you know, to have, for me to practice putting other people's needs in once before my own, and for me to, to be in faith and have courage rather than be in fear, turns my whole life around. It makes, it makes my day go smoothly, and when it doesn't, when I have little bumps in the road, I just, you know, go to God, stay out of fear, look at my character defects and work on them. And thank you so much. I will pass. Thank you, thank you, Kathleen O. Um, our study focus today reading is, comments, I guess is what I want to say, step six and step seven from page 59 in our big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Anyone else want to comment? Lucy R. Lucy R. Pia S. Carrie S. Pia S. Valerie B. Valerie B. Robin P. Robin P. Jordan L. Jordan, let's go with that and see where we go from there. Okay, see what TimeWise hangs on with us for it? Okay, so Lucy R., Carrie S., Pia S., Valerie B., Robin P., and Jordan L. Good morning, Lucy R., and Carrie, get ready to come after Lucy. Good morning. Thank you so much for the meeting and for sharing. And, wow, I, <laughs> I had to share on these tips because they are becoming extremely important to me. Um, steps six and seven. They become a huge part of my daily program. Um, I've heard it said that these two steps are in the center of our program. They're right in the middle of the steps for a reason. Um, you know, my job in my daily life is not to figure things out anymore. That's not a step. Um, so every day, every situation, things that come up for me, I have a million and one chances, honestly, on some days to practice six and seven. Am I willing? Step six. Am I willing to be willing to ask God for help in this moment? Am I willing to change? Or do I want to be, you know, a same, the same old person? And, you know, there are moments when I don't want to. And then I have to ask God for help. God, please make me willing. Am I humble enough? Step seven, humility. Am I humble enough to see that my way does not work? I've proven that. I need a power greater than myself. Am I humbly going to approach higher power and ask for help in this moment? Step six and seven pop up for me many times a day. Whenever my old nature thinks, I've got the answer. I've got some great ideas. I need to get in there fast and remind myself, you know, your, your old nature got you to the lowest point you've ever been at, to your bottom. My new nature is to go to God first, to be honest with myself about who I am, what my character defects are. I don't have problems saying that because I have character defects. 
I know what they are. God revealed them to me, and more things are being revealed. And I know that all all of it is because of self-will. <laughs> all my best efforts got me to be a very sick person. So um, I have to remind myself of that and be honest enough to admit that, open-minded and willing, and if I'm not willing to ask God for help. Um, this is my new way of life. These are my spiritual tools. I'm so grateful that I have... These tools, I know now that I need to practice the willingness um, in every moment. Ask myself, are you willing to be different? Are you willing to try, you know, God's way instead of your way? I humbly, I humbly ask my higher power for help because I know I can't. God can, and I will let him. Uh, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Lucy R. Carrie S., you're next, and then Pia will come after you. Thanks, Mel. Good morning, Carrie. Hello. Good morning. Gratefully recovered in Golden, Colorado, and starting my timer. I'm just so grateful to be in the sunlight of the spirit today. And um, the analogy for me is that, that I have I'm I'm on the broad highway, but I have to pull into the slow lane and let God pass me so that I can follow. And these are step six and seven are I've been taught are step ones for life that this is where I'm consummating my third step decision and the, and my sponsor taught me to go through and do the definitions, understand the definitions of each of the principles. And so step six, willingness. So I literally looked up the definition and wrote them down. Same for seven humility. What's the definition of humility and then having a better understanding of the principles allows me to to understand that I need to be recreated. I I must wait on God to to use me as a channel, use me in in my the clarity of of uh, now that I'm out of my food fog that I've put down this substance that has suppressed me and choked me off for so many years. Now I'm able to to find this heart-centered life and get out of my head. So I've found myself being entirely ready. And, and this work that we do, I, that I'm able to communicate the sacredness, um, to build it and um, to spread the sacredness of these steps. Um, and like I said, step six and seven, they have to be um, something that I do every day. I need to be willing every day to practice my, my program. And I have to be humble to share the message um, and a, that, that has helped me get out of this fog. So, um, yeah, humility really, it's this gift that comes um, from owning that I'm no better than the next person. And, um, and, and in seven where it says um, that I'm good or bad, it's, it's like, I am, am I good? Am I bad? Oh, only God knows. And so I get to go to God with, with the, the problems that I have in my life and, and always get out of the driver's seat, pull over, put the brakes on, um, let God drive. Because otherwise, it's, it's, I'm in the carry show. Uh, I can't be of maximum usefulness to anybody. And I'll just close with my favorite, one page 124, it, that our dark past is the greatest gift that we have. With it, we can avert death and misery for others. So if you're suffering out there, just know there is a solution. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Carrie S. Pia S., you're next, and then Valerie will come after you. Okay. Melanie, can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you, everyone, for your shares. Oh, I'm just so blown away by listening, and um, this meeting is absolutely my go-to to, to hear recovery. And what I wanted to share on today is that what I've noticed when I did these steps, that God changed me, and he took um, my defects. And I don't know what happened, but it was like, I have an example. Like I always used to give uh, advice to people uh, without them asking. And, and I told people what to do and I was totally controlling. And 
I had no idea how God was going to remove that defect because I had no idea how to, to stop doing it. But as I worked through the steps and I came to the steps, and now I see that when I'm recovered, I see that God has changed this defect of acting that way into, like now I just share my experience. Uh, and I don't expect people to do what I want them to do. And, and I let go of control. And this doesn't happen like, uh, it's not like I do this perfectly, but it does happen. God has changed this defect into an asset. So my asset now is that I can be there for others and I can share my experience, strength and hope and not control. And um, as long as I'm, um, I'm at peace, I am more neutral around um, these issues. And um, like I am uh, around the food, I get neutrality, but I have to be in fit spiritual condition. So I have to work these steps every day. And then I get to look back and I can see that God is changing me. And I'm so grateful for that. And um, this is so doable, this program. Um, So I, I just encourage everyone to just um, hop on and do this. So thank you so much, Melanie, and I'll pass. Thank you, Pia S. Valerie B., you're next to share, and then Robin P. will come after you. Hello, um, this is Valerie B., Recovering Compulsive Overeater, and um, a grateful member of this program. Um, I have a question, and, um, and that is, um, it may. Well, I'm just going to say it. Is there anyone out there that has done these steps and then instantly has never gone back? Has never, you know, has just you do now. I've done the steps. I've I've gone through them several times. I'm going through it again. Each time I go through, I'm changed, and it seems like I get deeper. And my, you know, and and. You know, um, what I'm struggling with gets resolved. But, you know, I, I, um, is there anybody out there that's done these steps, boom, and they've never, ever had another compulsive bite? They've never, they've never slipped. They've never done anything like that. That's it. Is there anybody out there like that? Or is that just an unreal expectation of mine? That's my question. Thank you, Valerie B. This particular format doesn't um, offer an opportunity oh, for no, questions. No, oh, I'm not, not doing so, unfortunately. That's okay. It's, it was your time to share. Did you want to spend a little more time sharing on the six and seven, too? Um, you have another yeah, couple minutes. Because I'm on six and seven right now again. And, um, okay. And I, and I you think, have a couple I minutes. Think, okay, okay, thank you. I think, mm-hmm. in the past, I think in the past I have kind of just brushed over the steps. Um, well, you know, it's like, you know, the big hurdle was four, you know, sitting down with the resentments and going through it again. And, oh, my God, you know, and, and it's hard. It hurts. There's a lot of pain there getting that stuff down. And then, you know, you share it with somebody else, with you, you know, you trust the sponsor, which it, it, I've always found relief in that, actually. Um, a lot of relief and a lot of healing in that. Um, but now, you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still faced with myself you know, with my character defects. And sometimes, you know, there are times, to be honest, sometimes I don't even understand what all they are. And, and that's why I really believe that, I believe that this is a process, it's in a journey, it's a journey. And I believe for me, I will, I will be doing these steps for the rest of my life. Now, maybe this is my own revelation. Maybe, every, maybe everybody else already knows this and I, I've been the only one you know, that's had, you know, as far as this is concerned, but, but I really believe that I'm going to be, you know, doing, you know, doing this, like we, you know, like I have heard people say, you know, do the steps every day. And, um, and I'm so grateful because there's a, it's a, it's a, it's a plan for living that really works. Um, I have the best job I've ever had because I've been working the steps. Um, you know, I, I, I'm living life um, before I was, wasn't living. You know, some things happened, and I was just curled up in my bed, and I just stopped living. I just stopped living, you know. And uh, since I've been in the program for the last, I'm going into my fourth year, uh, it's Thanks. just been amazing. So, uh, and with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. 
You're welcome. Thanks, Valerie B. Robin P., you're next, and then Jordan will come after you. Hi, Melanie. Uh, good morning. God bless everybody. Uh, I'm Robin P. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater um, in Los Angeles, and I'm literally trudging the road of happy destiny right now. I'm hiking a trail outside of Los Angeles, and I'm listening to the meeting and watching the birds, and it's just such a blessing. Oh, my gosh. Um, so this is what the big book meant. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, I, I feel, uh, you know, I've heard some people share about the seventh step, you know, you know, uh, I love that prayer. You know, my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character, which stands on my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me your powers. I go off from here to do thy bidding. You know, it, it's not, it, you know, it, it, you know, if, if I ever thought I was getting abstinent so that I could be of service, so that God could use me. I, I, I don't know. You know, I was so self-centered, and I just, I just wanted the food hell to stop. And, um, and now, you know, I actually feel like this is the God food, you know, working the steps, being of service, and um, being of max. My fellows, that's the God food. That's the food that I take with me, you know. Um, I, don't, I know I don't take my house or my car or anything else, you know, and I go back to God, and I, I think that, you know, the love and um, and the service is what matters. And what fills me up, it's so ironic. Who would have thought? So um, I'm just so grateful. And, uh, you know, I, I went through the steps very quickly. I went through it um, in a big book pro, um, phone meeting similar to this, and but in, like, two to three weeks and um and then live in 10 11 and 12 and you know i go back and i go well i went through six and seven really quickly <laughs> and they're so important and uh you know and uh and i think that just um i'm so grateful that i get to keep revisiting the steps you know um and i'll keep doing it for the rest of my life god willing um and me willing you know and you know the honesty open-mindedness willingness that's how i recover I, I just know that I just get to keep, you know, praying and being as honest, open and willing as I can be and being of service and, uh, and so that God can use me. Um, and, uh, and it's just such a blessing, the whole thing, everywhere I look at it, it's just a big blessing. Who knew that being a food addict, a compulsive reader, anorexic, bulimic, the works, that that would have been one of the best things that could have happened to me. Uh, God can use everything. Uh, so God bless everybody. I hope you all have a wonderful, abstinent day. And thanks so much, Melanie. I pass. Thank you, Robin P. Step six and seven from page 59 is our focus discussion today. Jordan L., you're up next. And then we'll probably have time for two two-minute shares if you wanted to share this morning. Good morning, jo- Jordan. Good morning, Mel. Can you hear me? <clears throat> I can. I can. Cool. My name's Jordan L. I'm a compulsive overeater from uh, the Rocky Mountains, recovered, um, <clears throat> and six and seven. <laughs> um, six and seven are, uh, are uh, well, I don't know. I suppose they are what they are, right? Um, I got to six and seven, <clears throat> um, and I'm just going to share my personal experience with these two steps um, a couple of months ago working through them uh, this last time and and I got to six and seven and there 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 was there was definitely a lot that I saw in um, four and five there were there was definitely a lot that I saw that I didn't want anymore like I I knew that I knew I didn't want um, Uh, those character defects that were making me feel bad. Like I saw how they were affecting me. I saw how they were affecting the people around me and how I was stepping on those people's toes and they were retaliating. And that was like the crux of my problem. Like I really saw that um, with most of my character defects. But there was one um, that I got to six and seven and I was just like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And that was in, in consideration. Um, and I, like, I've been told my whole friggin' life that I've been considerate <clears throat> over and over and over again, you know, and there's some other ones that go along with that, 
that kind of like fit in there too. Um, um, entitlement and, and this and that. Um, I've been told my whole life I'm a spoiled brat, this and that. Um, uh, but this inconsideration, like I truly, I really confronted it. And I was like, is that my time? Crap. I said to my sponsor, like, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm ready to, to let go of this, you know, because I had come to see it as kind of like John was talking about a defense mechanism. It was how, was how I was okay walking through this world, you know, like it was just like the food, man. It was like my, my protection. Um, and I said to my sponsor, like point blank, if, if I'm not looking out for me, like who's going to look out for me? You know, <laughs> if I'm not putting myself first, then like, who's going to take care of me? And, um, and she reminded me that in my third step, I turned my will in my life okay. over to the care and protection. Um, so this was like, this was really it where it was like, am, am I really, am I entirely ready? Am I really willing to let this stuff go? You know, so anyway, thanks for letting me share. That's it. Thanks, Jordan L. Two people, if they'd like to comment on step six and seven, page 59, I can take those for two minutes. Catherine M. Share. Catherine M. Karen R. North Carolina. Karen R. We got it then. Thanks so much. Catherine, go ahead, please. Thanks. This is Catherine M., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Seattle. I really struggled with the word defect because to me, if I had a defect, that meant I was defective. And you may as well just throw me away. I may as well just go kill myself. And what turned it around was I was at a workshop where a guy was talking about um, our, ourselves as, our, as an operating system. And that totally worked for me because I actually work for one of the best software companies in the world. And I work with the best programmers in the world, and not a single programmer can write perfect code. It is absolutely impossible. And so there are bugs, and one particular type of bug is called a code defect. But if we have a code defect, we do not throw away the entire operating system. That would be so wasteful. All the things that do work, you know, all, all of these thousands, millions of hours of work that have gone into this, we figure out what the specific thing is that went wrong. We fix that specific piece of code with a patch, and then we get on with it. And we don't just sit there with one version of the operating system because, you know, what good is that? We keep adding things. We keep expanding. We keep doing more things. And every time we add more things, there's probably going to be some more code defects in there. And we have to go and fix those defects with little patches. And another interesting thing is, you know, when somebody writes code to fix a bug like that, they have to show it to someone else. It's called a code review because the code review is supposed to make sure that you're not going to make it worse, that you're actually going to fix the problem. And I just see so much of program in that. And looking at it that way totally changed how I was able to look at looking at my character defects. It took away the, the fear of it. And, you know, another thing that we do, we work on a service. And if the service goes down, you know, we don't sit there and point fingers. We have meetings where we sit down and say, okay, what happened? What was the root cause? What are we going to do so it doesn't happen again? And just really factual. And if I can just look at six and seven, it's really factual instead of this emotional, oh, my God, you know, I, I need to throw myself on the trash heap. It really works. Thanks. Thank you, Catherine M. Karen R., you'll wrap up this recorded portion of our meeting as we transition to the next piece. Good morning to you. Uh, yes, this is Karen R., North Carolina. Is there still enough time for me to share? I was you bet you. you got a full two. A full okay. two. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is Karen R., compulsive reader, anorexic, bulimic in North Carolina. And um, I was just thinking about when... I was first introduced to these steps, and when I was new, it kind of terrified me. Six through nine, actually four through nine, <laughs> terrified me. But um, going through all the steps and getting to number five is where my sponsor and I started learning about my defects of character. And so if you're worried about that, I I would say just pray and know that when you get to this step you'll be ready for it and you know they told me in a very simple way in the beginning for number six is um karen just um watch your reaction to life <laughs> and when i did that i realized i was reacting with my character defects all over the place to almost everything that was going on in my life and 
it was a bit overwhelming, but it made me very ready to have God take all of them. And um, usually that is my motivator today because I am not comfortable in my defects of character anymore. They just don't work for me anymore. Um, and even the ones I feel sm- or used to feel smug with or wanted to hold on to, they don't feel right anymore either. You can't keep growing in this program and stay comfortable in that. It just doesn't, they don't go together. But the other thing I wanted to say is um, humbly asking to remove these shortcomings. In the seventh step prayer, I turn myself completely over to God. I say, take all of me, good and bad. I don't know when he's going to take, I don't know when he's going to take them. I am willing for him to take all of them. Thank you. And, and when God decides, God will remove them and he'll use them until he does remove them. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Karen R. And that will then conclude the sharing part of this particular recorded hour. So we'll begin the, the uh, wrap-up of this, but stay with us. We have more to come. Thank you to all that shared today. So we will close with the reading from the big book on page 164. And if you'd like to join me, we'll follow that with a serenity prayer. Sherry KB, would you please read a vision for you? A book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, this is Sherry KB in Northern California, very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us, and we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.